Welcome to the AEM Education and Training Podcast, a collaboration between Brown University Emergency Medicine and the editors of the Academic Emergency Medicine Education and Training Journal. I'm Dr. Gita Pensa with Dr. Rory Merritt, and here's what we've got for you today. The interview process for emergency medicine residency programs is certainly stressful for applicants, but it's also a challenge for interviewers who are tasked with finding residents who will thrive in their programs. To be successful, emergency medicine residents do require the ability to master medical knowledge and clinical skills, but they also require communication skills, the ability to work in teams, adaptability, and a certain amount of grace under pressure. Now, tools to evaluate these characteristics in the traditional interview process are definitely lacking. Standardized letters of evaluation really only offer a limited glimpse into the character and personality of a given applicant. Structured interviews, such as the standardized multiple mini-interview or the standardized video interview, are widely used. But interviewed candidates have reported a negative impression with their use in the past. Today's guest, Dr. Scott Crawford, sought a better way to evaluate potential candidates for his emergency medicine program at Texas Tech University Health Science Center in El Paso, Texas. He and his team tried a new interview technique that would better display a given applicant's communication skills, their teamwork skills, and their personality traits. And what did that technique involve? Virtual reality. In his recent AEM Education and Training article, entitled Virtual Reality as an Interview Technique in Evaluation of Emergency Medicine Applicants, Dr. Crawford describes his program's implementation of a structured virtual reality interviewing method in which residents and teams are observed while they play a virtual reality game called Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. It relies on team communication to disarm a virtual bomb. It actually sounds like a blast, if you forgive the pun. Dr. Crawford was Associate Program Director of the Residency at the time of the study, but now is the Associate Director for the Regional Simulation and Training Center at the Texas Tech El Paso campus. Okay, Dr. Crawford, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Um, so let's get right into it. Can you describe for me the current state of things as they are at many places? First, this um, standardized multiple mini interview for listeners who aren't really involved in the interview process for residency programs. What is that? What's the MMI? Well, interviewing is a, is a site-specific um, activity. So every program has the option to kind of design their interview day to meet whatever needs they have. Um, but one of the methods that some programs have taken in, whether it's for medical school or for the EM residency uh, application and, and interview process is something called the MMI or multiple mini interview. Um, and the general process with this is it's um, a bunch of small stations with a different um, observer or interviewer uh, to help decrease bias uh, so that everybody has a chance to have multiple first impressions um, so that a single interview that went badly doesn't uh, hugely impact them for the whole interview day. And this format allows, um, whether it's a small vignette or an essay writing activity or a variety of other sort of smaller sessions uh, so they can see a different 
side of each applicant rather than just asking them the same question of, you know, why did you want to become a physician uh, that everybody can give a pretty good canned answer to. Okay, so there's the MMI and then also now there's the standardized video interview or the SVI. This has become like almost mandatory now in the interview process. Can you talk about that? And then we'll talk about how we're evolving into what you guys are doing. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not directly involved with the SVI in any way, but um, it's certainly become a, a big topic for those going into emergency medicine um, as candidates. Um, so the SVI started out as a pilot project in 2016, and they started uh, trying to recruit individuals uh, with a, a small Amazon gift card to help increase initial participation. And using that, they had a set of behavioral interview uh observers grade each of these participants on a question that was provided to them. And they had six total questions. They're given a 30 seconds to review a, a question stem and then plan a three-minute response. So the whole activity can take around 20 minutes or so from what I understand of those that have participated in it. And then they're given a numeric score somewhere between um, uh, one in five for each of these six questions, and those are added together, and a, a single numeric score is provided. And a lot of these questions may be related to something that uh, the MMI-type questions would have had. Um, one example that was provided to me when I was talking to some interviewees was, you know, tell me about a, a situation where you had some sort of a, a problem or outcome and how you handled it. So the standard kind of interview questions that shows a little bit of critical thinking. Right. All right. So let's get into your approach, which is, um, I think it's totally fascinating. Um, so this involves the use of virtual reality. Um, so for those, you know, Luddites out there, um, what is, what really is virtual reality? Like, we, I think we, you know, sort of think of it in like this sci-fi way. There are a lot of people out there that don't game, have never put on a headset. What is VR and how does it differ from like augmented reality or just a regular video game? So it's kind of an interesting uh, distinction. Uh, virtual reality in its true definition is a completely artificially generated environment. Um, and that's only really been possible in the last few years with for a consumer level type of video display or system where people could experience this. We've had three-dimensional representations where we can send an independent image to each eye for a while. Um, and originally, I mean, even things like that with the the viewfinder um, that was a children's toy, you know, almost 70, 80 years ago. But um, true virtual reality is, is a fully computer generated image and environment. Augmented reality, which uh, gained a bit of popularity in the last few years with uh, some uh, phone applications, uh, is overlaying a computer-generated image on top of an existing environment. So it's the idea that you could hold your phone up to some type of a key or image that it would recognize, be able to identify kind of a three-dimensional or spatial representation of that, and then it would add some type of image or overlay on the phone's screen relative to that key or uh, or base marker. Uh, and so that's been used a few different ways in education and training. Uh, people have been able to sort of create almost Harry Potter style textbooks where you can hold up your phone and 
um, on the screen of the phone, an image would start playing on, on a flat piece of paper that you're observing. Um, but augmented reality is, is basically just a superimposed image on top of something in reality. So you guys were using true virtual reality. Were you, were you already familiar with the use of virtual reality for some other kind of purpose? Like how did you, how did this idea to use VR for this particular purpose come to you? And, and what was known about the use of VR in a similar setting? So my knowledge of, of VR and uh, some of the, the technology associated with it mostly relates to my involvement with uh, teaching and education in healthcare simulation. So I've been fortunate I've been part of a, the board and was a past president for an organization called SimGhosts, which is a, an acronym for Gathering of Healthcare Simulation Technology Specialists. But it's a professional society that worked to provide education and training and to support the appropriate use of technology um, in healthcare simulation and in education and training kind of in general. And virtual reality has been a big area for uh, evaluation and consideration in, in healthcare simulation because it would allow people to do things in a way that they really couldn't have done in training and practice previously. But part of that is how can you also get some of the haptics or, or hands-on interactions to match that of real-world uh, medical devices or, or training activities. So I've been looking at uh, virtual reality in, in that educational concept for a while, but I heard about this as a, as a game in relation to virtual reality systems because it involved one person in a virtual environment and another person outside of that environment that would share information kind of like an escape room um, to help solve problems. And that's where we started looking into it to see if it would allow us to see and test communication skills without requiring prior medical knowledge of any activity. Okay, so describe for us what you what you did. How how exactly did you incorporate virtual reality into your resident interview process? So, um, we found a commercially available game that I was kind of describing before, and it is meant to be sort of a, a team based game that provides the opportunity to be placed into a virtual environment where there's a sort of briefcase style bomb sitting in front of you and you have to work with your team members to solve problems to be able to defuse the bomb that was that's the whole concept behind the game but what we built into the interview process was a kind of randomly assigned set of teams either two or three members in a team uh, depending on whether we had an odd or even number of participants in the interview day and we then showed them a training video about how to use the uh, Samsung Gear VR headset, which was one of the first commercially available virtual reality headsets that was based off of um, a Samsung phone as the processing and and uh, imaging for it. And we used that device as the way for uh, the participants to, to view and interact with this game. We set it up so the device would share a video image wirelessly of what they were seeing on a laptop so we could still see what the person inside of the helmet had on, even though their team member couldn't. 
And then we kind of broke the the interview uh, session up into almost like an MMI of sorts. So the first part of it is we got to watch them view the informational video and see what information they would take away from it. We then gave them a few minutes to work with their team member who they probably had never met before, uh, maybe at the interview dinner, but you know, not a, a pre-established partner to read through the uh, manual, which is quite honestly a bit more than anybody could read through in the few minutes that we provide them, and then watch them each take turns in the activity using the headset and using the manual. And so each of those pieces kind of lets us see uh, part of how they uh, take in visual information, uh, how they take in written information, how they process communication styles from another person and how they interact with that individual. And then we ask them a series of questions at the end about their activity so we can get a sense of how they interpreted it based on what they thought we were using it for in the interview and kind of how some of the activities uh, might relate to job performance and, and future skills. So this game was called keep talking and nobody explodes, right? Yes. <laughs> Actually, it sounds really very fun. And so you pretty much described what happens in the game, but your team evaluated a whole bunch of games, right? Before you decided on this one, like how how many did you evaluate? And like, what about this game made it seem like this was an ideal way to evaluate, you know, communication skills and things like that? Well, the, the game itself, because it involves some logical problem solving activities uh, and pretty specific communication and instructions uh, was really ideal for what we were looking for. So somebody would have to articulate things clearly, succinctly. They'd have to be able to describe what they saw without providing too much detail because it's also a timed activity. And so using those activities allowed us to be able to, in a short period of time, kind of see what we hoped would be important communication aspects uh, during, during this interaction. Um, we looked at some other games, but they were either didn't require the same type of communication skills or they were really in-depth and involved and wouldn't have fit into a short period uh, during an interview day or would require a whole bunch of training and background um, that we wanted somebody to be able to quite literally pick this up off the table and in five minutes be able to use it enough so that they could complete the activity. And so that's what really landed us with the the application that we chose. So, okay, so you put this somewhere in the middle of your day. Like, so these residents show up, they're excited about their interview day. They've been probably to other interviews and they know what to expect until you, you do you just like spring this on them? Like they don't know ahead of time that they're going to do this, right? Right. Well, they're given an uh, interview day schedule. They're told they'll be interviewing with this faculty member, this chief resident, this faculty member, um, all in a set schedule. And I am just one of those slots and they'll walk into the room and I sit them down at the front, ask them if they've heard anything about the activity from anyone else before. And if not, I'll give them a brief introduction and start the video and sort of get to see how they react to it. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine how I would react to it. I think I would think it was fun, but I also could be, maybe I'd be stressed. I don't know. It's it's very interesting. So I'm actually interested. We're going to talk a little bit about your survey, but um, I'm just curious. Do you do you swear them to secrecy afterwards so that they don't like tell the next group of interviewees? Uh, no, actually, I, I don't make any specific comments about it. Um, if they choose to share the information, I'm you know happy that they're spreading the, the word about their fun and uh, innovative experience they had at Texas Tech El Paso. And so, uh, you know, to me, I like it to be a bit of a selling point for our program. 
So, um, so as I alluded to before, you you then subsequently surveyed them after the fact. Can you talk a little bit about that survey and what your findings were? Yeah. So we started looking at uh, using this activity, and we did it for an entire interview season. Um, but there was always the concern of, well, you know, although we liked what we saw out of it, and we thought we were observing useful uh, communication and team interaction type activities and problem solving skills. If everybody that experienced it really hated it, it wasn't something we thought we should probably continue. And so that was one of our big concerns initially. Um, But, you know, if I ask somebody right after they complete this activity while they're still on their interview, hey, did you enjoy that? Did you like it? Of course, everybody's going to say yes, but I wanted to get as non-biased a a response as I could from those that participated. Um, so in between the rank list submission and match day, we sent out um, a online survey uh, using one of the you know standard survey tools to all of the applicants that came to our program and asked them to provide feedback. Um, it was a survey about 25 questions or so. Uh, everything from, hey, did you like the the dinner and the activity to, specific questions about the Oculus portion of their interview day. And and Oculus is the name of that's the name of the headset. Yes. Yeah, so this um so there are different headsets, but the the one that we use that seemed to be uh, quickest to market uh, for use in this activity is uh, was powered by Oculus and uh, worked on this kind of Samsung phone platform. So um on the survey we had um, a couple of questions including, you know, this portion was appropriate for an interview. This portion was worthwhile. This portion gave insight into my personality. This portion gave insight into my communication skills, how I work with others. And then one of the more important ones was this portion of the interview positively affected my ranking of this program. And overall, I was satisfied with this portion of the interview. And basically everybody that responded to the survey, except for one person, said that they gave it the highest mark um, available on the the survey that we provided. So we took that to mean that people really did seem to enjoy and like this um, as an interview activity, and we've chosen to stick with it. So now you guys have been doing this for like three years now. Um, So you've probably gotten to know residents that you judged initially based on their virtual reality performance. Do Do you think that your first impressions were accurate? Any big surprises come out of that? So for the most part, we're seeing that people were pretty pretty accurate with what we saw during the game. Um, we see different pieces of you know what we were seeing during the game and how they actually you know manifested over their three year time period in training with us. But we felt we had a pretty good idea of who we were getting, and this was one of the the reasons that we felt that way. So if someone were interested in, in trying this approach at their institution, what, what advice would you give them? What tips would you give them? Uh, well, having somebody uh, within, your, within your department, within your administration that would support this type of innovation is definitely important because I ran across a couple of uh, small technical issues trying to get it off the ground. Um, the, the initial helmet that we used um, was based off of a phone-based platform. But I wasn't actually able to, even though I could buy the the helmet that the phone went into, uh, 
the institution has a policy against uh, purchasing telecommunications equipment. So I had to individually acquire the phone that went into the helmet, even though I could get the helmet. And we've been using it for three years and we've upgraded instead of having to worry about keeping the, the phone charged and and uh, placed into the helmet, we've upgraded to the the full Oculus headset that is uh, a essentially external screen and controller on a computer system. But like most uh, large institutions, we have equipment from uh, uh, from Dell, and Dell doesn't actually make a high-end enough graphics card to be able to use the equipment out of the box. Uh, so these are just some little considerations people might need to look into to be able to get something like this going. But uh, once those kind of technical issues are, are worked out, it's about identifying what you're seeing from the applicants during the during the activity and figuring out whether it's meeting a need for your program. Um, again, I think that interviewing needs to be a very specific activity to the program. And I don't think a single number or score is going to tell you everything you need to know about a person. So we use this as a way of helping to match personalities to what we're looking for within our training program. Um, and I think that the interview activity in general is much more than uh, just scores and will you be able to pass a test, but it's are you going to fit in with the training program, the personalities, and the type of physician that we're training at our program? And that's what this really allows us to do. Well, super eye-opening stuff. Thank you so much. Um, it's been a pleasure talking to you. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this AEM Education and Training Podcast. Check out the full text of this article, open access on our blog at brownemblog.com. We're also on iTunes. Search for AEM Early Access, all one word. Today's music is by Scott Holmes, and you may recognize Jamiroquai's Virtual Insanity. I'm Dr. Gita Pensa, and I'll see you next time.